This is Yak Radio. Passing the mic to the next generation. Let's dive into the cultural landscape of the Byron Bay region through the eyes. No, the ears. Okay, the ears of the young people of this area. For the next half hour, we will explore youth culture, current events, and important topics. We will showcase impressive people from the area, exploring local histories and mysteries, and present the most relevant and important information you need to know. All brought to you by the young voices of this region. Yak Radio! Your local youth show on Bay FM. Welcome to Yak Radio, the local youth Byron radio show. We acknowledge that we are on Arakul, Bundjalung country. And my name is Leela and I'll be the host for today. We're going to go on a journey today. We're going to go on a journey back in time to the Byron Music Festival youth stage, which happened last month on the 20th of June. We are going to head there and be accompanied by Texas, Marlo and Kiara, Rosella and myself, as we were hosting the day's outside live broadcast. So today you are going to hear a little bit of music live from that stage from a band called Stereo. And then after that, we are going to do a deep dive into an amazing conversation. Yes, there was an interview that Nina Her, the master of interviewing, she chatted with Ben and Winston from Parkway Drive. Yes, the real Parkway Drive. And it's an amazing interview that spans their career, starts all the way from their first ever performance, which was actually at the Yak in 2003. Can you believe it? Enjoy the show. This is the Yak Radio. Um, we're at the Byron Music Festival, the youth service, one Gilmore Crescent. Um, there's live music, food, and local youth bands. We are Bay FM at 99.9. Awesome. We're just sitting in our little tent here, as you can probably hear the music behind us. Who's that playing, do you know, at the moment? No, I'm not sure, actually. That is... Cinnamon. I'm Cinnamon? not sure the name of her band. Stereo. Stereo. Yeah. Stereo. Beautiful. There's so much going on out here. I was just going to say stores, that. There's people sitting on the amphitheater. There's we Calm down before the tickets sell. Stereo are singing. I think they have just started a new yeah. song. It's a four-piece band. They have lead guitar, guitar, bass, and drums. And Cinnamon, aka the band Stereo, is starting right now. So tune in.
Hello and welcome back to Bay FM 99.9. That was Stereo and we're here with Marlo, Chiara and Leela. How are we feeling, guys? Pretty good. Yeah, well, I'm going to tune out now, guys. No, oh. don't leave us. It's been good um, being on Bay FM today. Thank you. What has been yeah, your awesome. highlight, Marlo? Mm, I'm not sure. Probably talking about the sunflower with Matt. Yeah, yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. No Thank problem. you so much, Thank Marlo. you, guys. The yak is back. Cool. Yeah, well, the stage is happening and Ben and Winston are being interviewed, so we're going to tune in over there to what's happening there because that is big. If you are in your car right now, you're in for a treat. This is Ben and Winston from Parkway Drive. We jumped in just in time to hear the answer to the first question, which was about the first ever performance that Parkway Drive ever performed, which was actually at the Yak at the Byron Bay Youth Service 1 Gilmore Crescent. Can you tell us a little about how that went and how it was? Yeah, so I was like trying to grab the mic off you before you even finished. I haven't held a microphone in almost yeah, a while now. <laughs> Give me that microphone. Yeah. Um, yeah, back at the Yak, eh? Um, 2003. I don't know if anyone was around during those days, but um, did, did you put your hand up? You legend, yes. <laughs> So we used to run shows here. This is kind of where the heavy music scene for our town started. This youth centre was the first actual home we had for it. We, we put on shows here pretty independently. Um, and Parkway was actually the second band that Ben and I did together. And it was incredibly DIY and to the point where we had no stage. At some point in time, we had to build one ourselves. So we had a walk working bee and um, myself and Parkway guitarist Luke and someone else built a stage for us <laughs> which got stashed in what was the music room now um, and we ran the door ourselves and there was a local sound guy called Sue who I think is still around who ran the, the sound for us every time and that was kind of it at the time we never really anticipated it being anything more than having fun at the youth centre and that was kind of it that was as far as the vision went so yeah. what, do you, what do you remember? Yeah it's kind of I've got my mic yeah. <laughs> it's kind of um Weird, surreal being back here because all the memories we've had from back in the day, obviously our first show and then before that, and like Winston said, this was just the hub of, this was the only venue we had because we were all, most of us were under 18, so it was this and then later on we got upgraded to the high school hall every now and then, <laughs> but no, this, <clears throat> this place has got a lot of special memories for us <clears throat> as a band and individuals, so... It's good to be back here and seeing young young musicians and and more uh, kind of being activated again. Yeah, and the fact that it's still producing music and it's still a space for young artists to be able to come through. Like that's very very important in the community, and we we know that firsthand. This was the only place you could go as a as a under eighteen person coming through. Nice. So it sounds like your first gigs were pretty budget with building your own stage and stuff like that. How about when you guys go touring? Like, are you in, like, fancy hotels or are you, like, in the back of a van? Like, what's your touring sort of lifestyle look like? <laughs> These days, we are not breaking ourselves to tour. Um, we don't tour. Yeah, well, these days we don't tour. Um, we have seen every situation possible under the sun when it comes to touring. These days, like, we... It, it's, it's a trip out to 
to consider like where we've been able to go to. Like uh, most touring involves, well, pretty much every every bit of touring we do involves us being in a touring bus, which has uh, everyone has a bed. In every country other than Australia, you can sleep while you drive without a seatbelt. So you literally just have a bunch of beds, which are quite comfortable. And the bus has uh, every amenity you can really want on it, and a lounge room, and a bunch of video games for me. And that's how we get around the world, as well as as well as flying. But um, to get to that stage, it takes a, a a very large level of success to be able to actually a lot of sleeping on floors to get to that stage. Floors, like bricks for pillows, sleeping <laughs> on sidewalks, sleeping in gutters, like that that lasted for a, a solid 10, 10 years of doing that worldwide, which was fun at the time. Like it was, now you look back at it and you're like, I'm glad we didn't die, but it was, it was an adventure at the time. <laughs> yeah, nice. And so we've got a lot of young musicians here in the audience today who are probably where, where you guys were at way back when you were doing your first kind of gigs. Um, have you got any like good advice to them, like um, like stuff that you've learnt through kind of making it big? I guess like what would you what would you recommend for them to do? Do it yourself, and do it for yourself is the first and biggest thing there is. There's no if there's if there's one thing I've learnt from travelling around the world and watching bands play is someone trying to do something to please someone else and second guess what you think someone else is going to want is immediately when you see the disconnect and when someone sees through the art and sees and, and just won't connect with it. It has to come from an honest place, which is, we've always done this because we love doing it. And that's basically been it. Um, everything from there can be done by yourself. It, it really, really can. Um, there's the way the, uh, the entire industry works um, is there to facilitate artists, but at the same point in time, jobs are made because someone chooses not to invest their time or their energy into another skill set or anything like that and the more that you do the more that's going to be able to you're going to be able to put more back into your art simply through managing your own business correctly or investing more time in what you do and that allows you to propel yourself further so if you do that from the honest place in the in the beginning of the passion that's how it all runs i would agree just yeah do it for the love of it and that that way you also don't um, get expectations that may not be fulfilled. Like Winston said, when we first started playing here, we never thought of touring overseas or doing anything elaborate. We were just doing it because we had a great time. And then when we got offered to tour around Australia, we couldn't believe it. And we were just so happy to do that. Then we got offered to do a record. We were just, every, everything that came, we were grateful for. And we, and we, we did it um, because we wanted to do it. And we, we loved doing what we are doing. But we didn't have the idea that one day we're going to take over the world and do this and that because you kind of, as Winston said, you're setting yourself up. You, you're not creating the, the music in an authentic way. And to sort of like please others rather <laughs> Yeah, to than please others. You just, you just do it to, for the love of it. And if success comes, then that's great. But if not, then you've already, you've already won because you've had a great time. That's true. Well, there you go, guys. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> 
It's been such an interesting interview so far with Nina, who works at the Barring Youth Service, and Ben and Winston from Parkway Drive. To give you a little bit of context around this interview, it actually took place live at the Barring Music Festival Youth Stage that was on the 20th of June. And so this interview took place while there was a band that was actually kind of setting up. So you're going to hear a few sounds in the background. Just imagine that you're in this natural amphitheatre. There is a live performance going on there is a band preparing at the stage and on the side of the stage sitting on these super comfy couches is Ben and Winston and Nina doing the interview um so what actually inspires you when you're writing your music like do you kind of all sit down together or does someone just be like man I've got this great riff or like how, how does songwriting go for you a little bit of both it's a little bit of both but the, the songwriting is myself Ben and Jeff our guitarist um and between the three of us, that's kind of like the, the triangle of creativity when it comes to all of that kind of stuff. And it, it varies. Like most of the time, it's a, there's kind of no standard way of doing it, but it comes from a spark of inspiration, be it Ben having a, a beat and a, a riff that he started working with, Jeff having a, a melody that he started working with or a song concept, or me having a bunch of words and a rhythm and a, a vague melody that I've started working with and it just kind of morphs and it grows from there and we just screw around with things and generally you can tell um, what the character is that you're trying to create like we're, we're all still um, show us this piece of sheet music and we can't read it like we are we're n <laughs> we still don't have training in terms of that that side of the musical aspect so it's not like we um we actually have these basic theoretical structures to run on other than we enjoy writing music and we know what we like listening to and we know when it connects um so we know what to look for while we're writing those things and we know when something works and when it, something doesn't and we know that some things take time as well so got anything to add, to add to the theory <laughs> oh, that's good these days we write a lot to tailor songs for live a lot of the time because we know we tour so much and we play a lot of big festivals and we know sometimes you can have a really good song that doesn't translate live so when we're writing that we're basically trying to imagine how it will go in a live setting a lot of the time some songs you don't need to do that but you basically want for us the crowd to be able to interact and sing along and jump along and, and do what they do what makes it fun for us because we know that's really the end goal is is, is playing playing it live and having a great reaction Mm. Sounds like a pretty intuitive process, like you kind of, it's all about how you're feeling. And that yeah. Kind of yeah, well we've been doing it for a pretty long time now too, so. <laughs> yeah. Hey, was there a moment where you just one day thought, okay, we've made it big? Like, is there any kind of standout moment in your musical career and you're like, oh my goodness, we've made it, kind of thing? <laughs> there's There's been a whole bunch of those, which we got to, which was... The, the, the entire process has been, oh my God, we've really made it. The, probably the two, the two contrasting ones I have is we have a photo of the first time we got a plate of sandwiches given to us backstage <laughs> in, New, in, in Newcastle. And we're like, oh my God, you mean these sandwiches are for us? We get to eat something before we play? And we took a photo of it and we're like, this is it, we've made it. Um, the, yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, that was some damn good sandwiches. <laughs> I've always had a sense of um, like imposter syndrome. Like you're here, but you kind of, you don't feel as though you actually belong there. Like you, you, it's always felt like, damn, we made it to this spot. Um, that fell away for me in the biggest way. It would have been the fourth last show we played or something. When was Vakken? Yeah, end of 2000, 
so at the end 19. of so the end of 2019 we played literally the biggest show we've ever played it ended up on like it's the the center point of Viva the Underdogs like the, the movie that's out at the moment and that festival is a massive deal like it's like the biggest metal festival you can get and you've all, I've all, we've always felt like a, a sore thumb to some degree like we're the band walking around backstage that have board shorts on and flip flops and are kicking around a soccer ball and to headline that there was this little part of me that thought by the end of the night Parkway's going to play and people are going to go that band doesn't belong like we're a new generation of band coming through to that massive slot like it's like 80, 100,000 people or something and I honestly expected people to five minutes before we go on to look out and see like backs walking away and then when we kept poking our heads over the fence setting up and watching it fill up more and more and more and more and going holy shit everyone's here yeah, yeah, and then and then that that show what was what it was, which is literally like the best show we've ever played, was the thing where it kind of just nailed at home that like that little fear and that little saboteur you have in your head isn't necessarily reality. So as as dumb as it sounds, it's like yeah, you've made it when you've headlined the biggest festival in the world. Um, it's <laughs> like it it kind of took that for me to have a full switch flipped in my brain. How about you? Anything to add? Yeah, as Winston said, it's just kind of been so many of those steps along the way where we've said, all right, we've, this is it, this is the biggest we're ever going to get, and then they've kind of always superseded it. But like touring in certain countries, we've played, I think, 63 different countries, maybe more, maybe more these days, wow. up in the 70s, but, you know, obviously all of the Europe's and, Europe's and then South America's and Asia's, and then we've played in weird countries like India's and Israel's, and wow. those countries to me, and... Because I've loved travelling and I've always wanted to travel with the band, as we've all has, it's kind of that's kind of been some of the most surreal moments when we're on stage in you know Guatemala or something, just going, what's going on? How how did we get here? Yeah, nice. Have you ever had a gig that was like a total flop and you just had to like like Um, bounce back? Like, what was? Have you had any like awful awful gigs? Yeah, plenty. The first, the, that was the big reality slap was the, when the first time we started touring overseas, we had a really luck, well, the run we started with in Australia was nothing but just like trajectory going up and shows getting bigger and dropping like our first album and that going nuts and, and then when we went overseas, the reality of literally no one knowing who you are was uh, really interesting. We went from playing like, the last show we played here before we left was 1,200 people biggest show we'd ever played and then we went to UK for the first time and there was like 10 maybe 15 people no idea who we were and we're playing floor shows in pubs with like drunken um, English punters who some of them loved it some of them wanted to beat the hell out of our merch guy at that point in time and sleeping on floors and getting pneumonia and um, all of that kind of stuff and starting from like a point that was even lower than where we even started here that's when the this is fun no matter what because we're on tour with attitude was really amazing but plenty of those gigs what you would consider a complete flop but i think we always had that thing of like well if people don't like it we're going to go even harder and we're going to make sure they remember it so you just kind of turn the show into something that's memorable like uh, that was that was always one of the attitudes was like go so hard that you can't deny what's happening that's it. Even if there's 20 people, they're going to go away and go to their other 20 friends. Well, you should have been there to see that thing. So, yeah. yeah nice. So, 
when you were like forming Parkway Drive, did you kind of have like a backup plan? Like, what would you have done if you if you weren't musicians? Like, what's your backup plan? Like, did you have one, or you just were like, this is it, we're gonna make it work? No, there was no backup plan or even a plan. Like, we didn't think of any of that stuff. I don't know. Being from from Byron, especially back then, we weren't very academically driven. Oh, actually, Winston was at uni, but yeah, the rest failed. of us. Yeah, I failed, you failed uni. I failed my first semester at uni, and then I started second semester and stopped. Just stopped because touring started. The rest of us just surfed and worked as dishes and and did what we did to get by. So if the band didn't work out, yeah, we all would have. I have no idea what we would have done, but we, we, we probably, yeah, we we didn't have an exact plan, but um, yeah, we kind of were just taking it as it comes. I don't think any of us would have um done anything too great. (laughs) It took us actually like a solid, I'm saying almost 10 10 years to get any kind of long-term concept of plan for Parkway in the first place because of that that whole thing. It was always the expectation of what the band was going to do and then the reality of what happened afterwards exceeded it to the point where we're like, whoa, that went better than what we thought it would be. And when you're kind of running on that, you, you, you don't necessarily think, well, perhaps I could do something more. It did take us 10 years to go, okay, this isn't necessarily going to stop there's something here which is really really clicking with people yeah up until then it was just rot- like roll with it roll with it take every opportunity you get and just keep rolling with it which worked fantastically <laughs> nice and i was watching your first doco and it seems like you guys were pretty into the whole surf scene as well do you have and bodyboarding do you have um favorite surf beach that you're willing to share with all these people or is it top secret <laughs> there's not many secrets left in byron when it comes to surfing but we all grew up here and we all still live here, so we just surf around here whenever um, whenever it's good. It's kind of different all the time, but yeah, we've actually, this is the first time we've been in Byron consecutively without going on tour because of all the COVID stuff happening. We've been at home, we've been at home for over a year and it's kind of, like I said, we always used to pack our bags and then come home for a few weeks and go, then come and go. But um, it's just kind of made us connect back with Byron. And for me, it's made me realise that we got really good waves here. <laughs> good waves, and it's a, obviously we've lived here our whole lives, so we know, but it's it's just a great place to live, and it's um, got a lot going for it. So, yeah, it's, if you're going to be stuck somewhere in the world, you may as well be stuck here. We got real lucky. Yeah. Real lucky. Yeah, it's um, the whole start of all of this going on. I was still doing press with people in Spain and people in England and they're like, how's your day been? Like, what have you been binging on Netflix? And I'm like, nothing, the surf's been good. It's been sick. And they're like, what do you mean? You can go outside? I'm like, yeah, what do you mean? They're like, oh, we've been locked in our house for three months now. I was like, Byron's really good. So, yeah, yeah. the waves are good. (laughs) Yeah, we were so lucky. Did you find COVID helped you with your songwriting? Like, did it give you kind of a time to kind of knuckle down and pump out some some tracks or were you sort of frustrated that you couldn't tour like how did you go with that no it's actually we're probably one of the only bands in the world that were like this is kind of nice for us um for us like some people pump songs out really quick we know people are just like oh we wrote an album in two weeks for us it doesn't work like that we stew on things for a long time um and generally the writing process has like a couple of months at home where you can focus on it but then you've got um, like a five week tour where you write a bit in the back of the bus and then you come back and you try and get into the zone of it again and then six months later you like you've got a deadline where something's got to be like something's got to be done because the studio's locked in and this time around it was just like this open book of like do whatever you want with the time and we've been writing for 
a good year plus now and it's been really really fun it doesn't mean things like all of a sudden yo we got 60 songs we still got the same amount of stuff what do you reckon yeah it's been good we've been writing without pressure and when we feel like it rather than because we have to so yeah it's been good in that regard for sure I think that's great for creativity. I'm actually pretty excited to see what you guys start bringing out. Like, yeah. there's some weird stuff coming. Excellent. That's yeah. <laughs> I'm getting keen. So, as a band, when you make decisions, like, is it kind of like let's have a vote, or is it like scissors paper rock, or like what do you do when you disagree about like something musically or just in general? Yeah, we've been we've always had a pretty democratic way because we've all known each other for a long time and respect each other's opinions. So you'd have to usually think that if you're outvoted then there's a reason for it so we don't have one kind of dictator that some bands seem to have yeah. but we usually just have a kind of just talk about it talk about it and yeah. uh come up with the best solution yeah i think because we've all grown up together and grown through this band we all we're on the same page with most stuff like it's like the oldest work for everyone so like it's kind of as easy as that to be honest i guess then it's easy as it can be but yeah my more adults <laughs> Rattles <off> now. <laughs> that sounds like a pretty smooth and simple process, actually. I was expecting something more complicated for some reason. You guys seem like you're pretty chilled and you're just like, let's talk it out. Like, I love that. So if you could, um, we're coming to the end of the interview, but if you could play with any musician, dead or alive, and do like a full set with any musician or band. Um, collaboration. Collaboration or, or have them as part of your group or be part of their group or however it works for you what would be like your your dream kind of collab gig i guess warren ellis i'd, I'd work with warren ellis at some point in time if, if you don't know works with works with nick works with nick cave and um is a genius with like instrumentation and songwriting and you know in ways that i love hearing sounds that i can't quite comprehend what was going through someone's mind when that was made um, and the the soundscapes and the film scores he works on it's um, really really incredible so for me yeah if he's listening hit us up Warren that'd be sucks. <laughs> I'm literally gonna go home tonight and look up Warren Ellis and be like well in it Warren Ellis look up his music and then watch him live because he's like a, a absolute wizard fantastic I've got really heaps fun. of YouTubing to do how about yourself my one would probably be Led Zeppelin, yeah. just because um, John Bonham's probably, his, I, I think so, and every, he's still voted as probably the best drummer, of, rock drummer of all time. Yeah, and it's the hardest. Yeah, yeah oh, I get kicked brutal. out. But um, there's, there's something about yourself. there's something about that era in the 60s and 70s that I think can never be repeated really, because it was just at the forefront of a whole new technology and new sounds and melodies and everything. And it's, pretty um it's kind of never to be kind of duplicated in a authentic way but yeah Led Zeppelin are up there with my favorite band so that'd be nice that'd be good to play with I'd be pretty keen to go to that gig just yeah. saying <laughs> me too so yeah last question the future of Parkway Drive where are we headed the youth center the youth center yes gonna, please do we're it we're going Woo! back <laughs> yes please come play a gig here that'd be epic <laughs> Youth Radio on Bay FM 99.9. You are listening to Yak Radio. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Yak Radio. If you loved what you heard, you can listen back on bayfm.org. We actually have a new spicy website. You can also find Yak Radio where you get your podcasts. Search Yak with a C Radio.
And of course, we will be back next week here on your favourite community radio station, Bay FM, Mondays, 10.30 until 11am. Thanks for listening to Yak Radio on Bay FM 99.9. Do you know someone who would love to be involved? Contact us through bys.org.au. Have any ideas of things you would like to hear or talk about? Call us for a yak on 6685 7777.